This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome to episode 66, where we found out that love is the Chick-fil-A sauce of life. The Chick-fil-A sauce, all right. Is that what you said? Um, no, that is not what I said. <laughs> love is the, oh, the secret sauce. Secret sauce. Oh, okay, never mind. So I guess... Of uh, the Christian life. I just go straight to Chick-fil-A because that Chick-fil-A sauce is so good. Well, well, well we're glad you're here. And uh, Chick-fil-A is not our sponsor yet, but uh, if they want to start sending sure, us checks, great. We'll, we'll mention them every week. Yeah, actually, I don't even care about checks. I just want chicken sandwiches and uh, stuff like that. That's yeah, a, you just want right, that's a free, free meal food. a day yeah, or something. I don't care about checks. Um, you know... Uh, this is, you know, this is the, we're still in the, actually, this is the last sermon in yeah, the was, Unlocking and, the Secrets. And it did not get recorded, unfortunately. It so. didn't. Oh, bummer. Okay. No. So if you didn't hear, if you want, do you want to just go ahead and redo it again? Just yeah, we'll quick. just start right now. Just go ahead. Just, we'll just start. Good no, morning. Not good gonna, morning. Not going to do that. that here's, here's the lesson in all this. Show up for church. There you go. Because you never know. I wonder what happened. We'll, it, talk, we'll it talk later. Was, it was amazing, by the way. It may have been, if you weren't there, it may have been the best sermon ever preached outside of what Jesus John, I was there, and it wasn't that good. It wasn't that no, good. No, no. Okay. Well, but the people who weren't there don't know that. That's true. That's true. Okay. No, no. Actually, it was. Actually, it was pretty good. I was just teasing you. Um, so that this was the last. The last sermon yep. is uh, called "Love." It's the secret sauce. Love. That's, a, that's your title. Secret sauce. That's your title. I, I don't. I don't think that's. Maybe. Okay. I think it was. was I got to go look now. Yeah. You, I got to remember the titles yeah, of my sermons. I put them down. That's that's how I uh, I have to cheat and do that. So uh, uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up right now. Go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead while you're looking it up. Cause I know you, you, uh, you yeah, said it something. Is love. It's the secret sauce, yeah. but it's love colon. Yeah. Love. It's the secret sauce. It's yeah. the secret sauce. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's kind of. The way you said it made it sound like it was like all one sentence or something. We'll have to go, you know, we'll have the, the, the audience try to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. For us. But anyway, so moving forward, I got you, uh, you, you're talking about love and how important it is to love. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to kind of jump right in. Um, you actually uh, nullified many marriages this weekend, this Sunday. <laughs> what do you mean? Because oh, you, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because you said that. You have to, if the first Corinthians 13 verse isn't in, in your wedding, then you're probably not married. You, you might not be married. Yeah. Yet. And, yeah. and my, my <laughs> pastor at my wedding. Didn't, didn't use that one? According to my wife. What, she, what, a, what a terrible pastor. Who was yeah, that? Who, would, who was it? Yeah, who, who did I, your wedding? Let me think about it. I think it was you, John. <laughs> was it me? Yeah. <laughs> it was me. So pretty much, I, I uh, am now a single man. <laughs> life is life is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't at our wedding either. Just was it? Yeah. No. You know the other funny thing too is your wife uh, put the you know about this, but she put the our wedding date down on our our marriage license. Yeah. She put the wrong date. Oh, did she? So now I have to celebrate two anniversaries. Yeah. Well, that was uh, my yeah, wife. I'm sure, probably, that's some kind of payback or something. Probably some sort of woman thing. They're like, yeah, you just put two dates down and then you know. Yeah. Well, we'll celebrate twice. Yeah, I, have, I have two two dinners I have to do, two gifts I have to get. So uh, my wife's not letting it go. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're kind of uh, uh, talking about love a lot this weekend. And you had a great quote that you pulled up um, that was actually really cool. Because at first I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I like that. I think it, it's, it's a good quote. Um, it totally makes sense because we can't always control how our heart feels and how we love. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick while we're, while we're looking at it. I think this is it right here. Oh, yeah, it says, uh, love is a force of nature. However however much we want to, we cannot command, demand, <laughs> or take away love. 
any more that we can command the moon and stars and the wind and the rain to come and go according to our whims. And I was like, yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. Because out of nowhere, I'm like, oh, I love her. And I don't know why. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I no, like my wife or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not currently. But like, you're just like, you can't explain why you love somebody or you don't, you know, like, and I've had situations where I'm like, man, this person's so great. I just wish I could fall in love with them, <laughs> but I can't. There's just something there that I can't control, you know? But I like the, the, the spin that you took on that. Right. Which is I completely demolished it. Yeah, you pretty much did. Yeah, because and I think that's the, the problem with 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 culture and just even our yeah. society is when life when love begins to fade or something yeah. or, or life, the stresses of life come. Um, they just come so strongly that we just I, I just I, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm not, right. you know, and I, I think what the quote that you that you that you shared and the fact that you shattered it was so empowering. Um so what do it was empowering in the sense? Sorry, I'm kind of rambling, but it was, it was empowering in the sense of, you know what? No, I do have control. I do have control of when I fall out of love, I can get back into love. You yeah. know, I can I can make a choice to do that, and it may not be an easy choice. Yeah. And sometimes that you know the maybe the person at work that you're not married to, um, it's a little bit easier. And I said, oh, this person's funny. They're great. They make me happy. But the reality is, is you on the, on the flip side say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go that route. Yeah. I can choose not to go that route. Yeah. And that's just so empowering. What, but what should we do, John, when, when we do um, feel that we don't, aren't in love right now? We don't feel those warm and fuzzies anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and here's the thing, just, just so we're clear. And this, the, the sermon wasn't necessarily about marriage or about like girlfriend, boyfriend type relationships, although that certainly applies to those things. And I talked about those things. And so, and so that's true. You know, it's, I would, I would even put it the other way and, and maybe rephrase it just a little bit and just say, um, we, we can't, we, it is, there's an aspect of the quote that is true. Like there are, there are emotions that sometimes will, you know, sneak up on us if you want to think of it that way, or that we might feel and, and, and not anticipate them or, or that kind of thing. And, and so we, so the question is, do we nurture those or do we not? Right. And so, so then we can nurture those, we can nurture, um, loving feelings towards somebody, or we can decide to, um, kind of squelch those feelings towards somebody and, and both are appropriate depending on the situation. Right. So when it comes to our wives, um, we should nurture those feelings. Right. And, and we can, we can, uh, there, there are definitely times if you talk to anybody who's been married for more than, I don't know, a couple months, Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you find out pretty quickly that there are times when, you know, frustration sets in, maybe even anger. Um, the things that were once cute are no longer cute. Now they're annoying. Um, you know, the, the, the things that maybe initially caused us to have these warm fuzzies or these, these feelings of love, uh, now, um, for a variety of reasons, cause other feelings that maybe aren't so endearing, and so and so you can you can choose to squelch or nourish um, those things. And so I would I would say this that when number one we need to nourish the feelings when they're there if it's toward the right person and if they're the right feelings, then we nourish those we we um, we embrace those we let them allow them to influence how we act towards that person if if they're appropriate and if they're not then we need to squelch them and say no i need to put that out of my mind i need to train my affections um if you will to to be towards the right person and they need to be the right affections and so you know so there's lots of things i think one of the things that 
I think is really important is that marriage is obviously much more, well, maybe it's not so obvious, but it's much more love. And, and it's, it's funny how now we have, we see these bumper stickers or memes on, on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever, or social media sites, you know, things like love is love. And the whole point is that you can't control love. It just happens. And whoever you love, you love. And, and, you know, usually it's talking about some kind of marriage, you know, like same sex marriage or something like that. And, and those things are wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. And so, you know, we can nourish those things. And so I think we, when we look at scripture, what we see is we see Jesus who in Ephesians 5, it talks about he loved the church by sacrificing for the church. And it also says, husbands, we need to, you need to love your wives as Christ loved the church. So he sacrificed for the church, even though. Uh, the church did not necessarily deserve that love. It may not. It, it may not have been a warm, fuzzy, and it certainly was painful and and hard. And he and Jesus was beaten and he was crucified and 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 there was hardship in that and there was sorrow and there was sacrifice in that love. And so we need to understand that those things are real and that and that the emotions don't always follow. So when I look at my wife, it's not only that I want to love her. Or that I have certain feelings towards her. It's also that I that I realize there is a duty side to this. There is an action side to this that I must love her. I'm commanded to love her because she's my lo- my wife, and I'm commanded to present her holy before God, as Ephesians five puts it. It kind of sounds like what you're saying, John, is that love isn't just a matter of the heart. It's a it's a matter of the mind and even of the body to act and of the will and of the will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know the heart and. In our modern use of that word anyways, yeah. Okay. Um, John, is there a cautionary tale for us to remember when we're feeling, let's say we're feeling, oh, I'm so in love. This is so great. And I'm, the, the highs are so high right now. And mm. is there a cautionary tale there, John? Of course there it is. is. It, was, was yes. it, it always comes down, doesn't it, John? Yes. It uh, yeah. Well, number one, who is that directed to? Is it the right person? Is it, is it the person you should be loving? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how, and I think this has led to a lot of the, the breakdown of the family in a lot of ways. And, and again, this, the, the, the love isn't just about spouses. It's about friends and it's about uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And all those things. And so it depends on, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is filled with a description of love that is it, you know, Paul doesn't use adjectives. He could use adjectives, but he uses he uses verbs to describe uh, what love does. Well, you know, when you when, so so that's how he kind of approaches this whole love thing is is through action and, and what it looks like when it's lived out. I think that's really really important. You know, so yeah, of course there is, and and feel, feeling love towards, especially romantic love towards somebody we should not feel love towards. Um, we need to. Squelch that. We need to slay it. We need to kill it. That's it. You know, it it can't, we cannot allow that to, um, to, to have nourishment. We, we need to kill it. Hmm. And, and I think that's important. I think that's true. Uh, you know, it's, it's true with same sex attraction. We need, we need, when we, if you're feeling, uh, some kind of love, romantic type of feeling towards somebody of the same sex, you need to kill that, that feeling. The same is true for somebody who is, uh, feeling those kinds of 
things for somebody the opposite sex, but they're married to somebody else. Or it's not attainable. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you it mean? Shouldn't, by, it shouldn't be attainable. Yeah, it shouldn't be for some reason. Another like, man's wife or something. Yeah, another man's wife or another woman's husband or, um, quite frankly, I, you know, somebody who's not a believer. If you're a believer and you have these feelings towards somebody who's not a believer, you, you should not date them. Yeah. You should not marry them. You should not get engaged to them. Um, and, and so you need to kind of... Slay those things. And what do, so, what do people say? You know, well, why not? Why not? Just why not date the the unbeliever, right? Because right. that you know that's the thing too. I think you know for me growing up too, and people maybe who aren't believers would say, "Well, Johnny, you're you're just stupid. You should have done. You should have done." But there's been some great women in my life that when I was single, that right. would have been pretty good wives. I mean, they weren't um, Christian. Right. But, and there was definitely, um, I think there was an attraction there. I think that they were attracted to me and I was definitely attracted to them and, but I could never pursue them. Right. For that exact reason. Yeah. Because it's like, it's almost like you have to be, you have to look not just to the immediate, this is going to be a great, you know, they're, they're attractive and they're funny and I really like them and they're intelligent, you know, they have all these great qualities. But you have to look beyond to go, what is the ultimate destiny of this marriage? Right. You know, or what is the ultimate, where is it going to ultimately take us? You know, are we going to have yeah. problems when it comes to raising our kids? Or, yeah, you know, is exactly. she, is, is she going to want to not send, let them go to church? Is she, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, you know, are they going to have a problem looking up to her as a spiritual, you know, mother? Right. But they're not going to have that. So they're gonna, there's going to be a disconnect there. Are they going to yep. desire her, her relationship? You know, so like it's going to affect now my kids, you yeah. know, my, you know, so it's like it is so <sighs> important to go. No, the the reason why is not just to deny love; it's to what is how to, what are the what are the ramifications of this yeah. in twenty years? Well, you not know, a, on the things I'm going to love. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but you read Ephesians five, and it, it the way it reads to me is that that the husband's responsibility is to present the wife before God holy. Mm-hmm. So you think about that. If you if a husband marries a woman who is not a believer, how do you do that? How do you you know, for somebody who says I'm not going to be a believer, how do you how do you even nourish that person's spiritual life? Hmm. Um, and now you can say, well, I'm going to lead them to Christ. Well, maybe, maybe not, but that's the problem. You don't know. That's not your. Yeah, that's not you. Right? Don't control that. You, 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 that's beyond your control. But it, but you know, so there's there's a responsibility there. And likewise, you know, a woman who marries a man who's not a believer is is gonna is gonna have issues, and that she's in a home without a spiritual. Uh, leader and, and we're supposed to mutually build one another up and and submit to one another. It says in Ephesians five twenty one, submit to one another, build one another up, respect. And and if there's this spiritual disconnect, man, that that's a big big deal. It's not just about being exclusive in some, you know, kind of biased uh, way. It's really about understanding. You mentioned several of these things. It's about understanding that that our relationship with God is our the number one most important relationship we have. And if we have a relationship that tears that down or, or pulls away from that, then that's a problem. And that is, and our second most important relationship is our spouse. And so, so if our spouse is not building us up towards Christ, then that's a problem. Um, and that's true in every marriage. Even, even if two people pro- profess to be believers, they get married and they're not, and, and then for whatever reason, they're not building one another up towards Christ. That's a problem. That's an unhealthy marriage, mm-hmm. right? And it needs to, you know, be addressed. And, um, 
And I think the way scripture reads, the the husband needs to take the primary responsibility on that and say, and say, hey, we're I'm going to be the spiritual leader in this home and make the right decisions and do the right things so that the wife can be built up towards Jesus. And then the kids as well, both together, the wife and the husband as a team are doing that as a team. So, I, yeah, so it's it's huge. And when it comes to marriage, it's a big, big deal. And um, and there's cultural things. I mean, how is it how's it going to work? Not only raising kids, but just making priorities in your life. If you marry an unbeliever and they want to go and do things and participate in things that you think that that you think are now unbiblical or or sins, yeah, you're almost ruining their their, their yeah. life too. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of messing them up. They yeah. can't go engage in things that they want to engage in because of you, or the opposite happens and you end up engaging in things you shouldn't because because of their influence you on you. The mayor, yeah. So it, you end up with a with a really hard situation and and. Um, and we see that a lot. We see I mean, it a lot. Yeah. And the, and the good thing, if you are both believers and you're kind of struggling, you can easily reset. Absolutely. But if you're not, then this work gets but, harder. Well, and, and, and it does get harder. And, and, you know, Peter talks about this, you know, with especially regarding wives. But, you know, if you're in a situation where your spouse is not a believer. Yeah, I was going to ask you about you that. You know, um, you live as it, you know, to the best of your ability, as if you are a believer. You follow Jesus. You, you do the things. You don't, you don't become divisive. You love your spouse the best you can. Um, I you don't leave them. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't leave them. You, you love them the best you can. And I think it's first Peter three where it talks about this, if I remember right. But, um, anyways, and so, and so there is, so there is some responsibility of, of staying married, loving your spouse well, loving your kids well, and, and, uh, being the light that represents Christ. Mm -hmm. Don't be a thorn in their side. Um, love them the best you can. And, and of course, as opportunity presents itself, evangelize, but, you know, but, yeah. uh, but as opportunity presents itself. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we think, well, this is the person I want to marry. They're not a believer. I know we're yeah. going on a non-believer, right. but I think it's important. Yeah. Um, they're not a believer. But then you see in, in scripture, they're talking to Paul and saying, Hey, look, you know, I want, I desire a believing spouse and I'm mm. currently not married to one. Yeah. Um, what do I do, Paul? And Pray. he says, well, you stay with them yeah. as long as they're willing to be married to you with them, yeah. because that's, the, but that you, but you see that desire, the desire yeah. shifts as I, you see that you actually see that a lot in the church, um, where married women will come and say, um, I want, I want a new spouse that one that's more of a spiritual leader. I want, you know, I want to see somebody who's, who's, and shows that initiative and, and it's like, well, that's not who you have. That's yeah. not who you picked. And, right. and you see that remorse of, oh man, I, I, I may have yeah. made a bad choice. You know, and yeah. I think that's, it's important to go, you know, this may be the choice I want right now, but it's not the choice I want I, in 20 years, right. 10 years. Yeah. And the one influencing. And everything. sometimes a spouse may come to Christ after. Yeah. And, 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 and there's, there needs to be some understanding there too. And you, even Lee Strobel who, who wrote uh, case for Christ, you know, there's a movie about, about his story and it's really good. Um, you know, production value is decent. It's not amazing, but it's it's pretty good considering Christian movies are often terrible as far as production value. But it's pretty good. It tells his story. And his wife came to Christ after, after they had already been married, and it really bugged him. He ends up coming to Christ later. But I think that's a great story and a great way to to begin to understand that. I think that's a good story. If you come to Christ after you, you, you're already married— how do you handle that? And it wasn't, it's not perfect in there and it shows their struggles, but I think it's a good representation how God expects us to handle that. Well, I think, I think, it, you know, just even going back to like, you know, if we 
disobey and we do we marry the wrong person uh-huh. based on their their lack of faith because we make bad choices yeah yeah it's not i don't think it, i don't think it's fair to expect that god's going to honor our disobedience and and right convert them you know what i'm saying right um it happens but yeah. i don't think it's fair to, to expect him to do that yeah i think his you know be be obedient if yeah. you can in all situations and then god will bless you um but anyways yeah. uh kind of moving forward love is a verb Yes, you quoted, you, you quoted the great DC talk. The great DC, yeah, the philosophers uh, of the 1990s. Yeah, oh yeah, um, I think that was nine. Was that in the 1990s? They they came around like late 80s, but I think probably primarily probably like 90s where they got really big, right? Yeah, Jesus Freak, I think was Jesus the big, Freak, the big yeah. album, right? Yeah, um, I could rap some if you want. No, I, like, I we know don't. All their songs. You know what, John? I think we're we're, we're a little over time. Oh, so okay. next, maybe next time. All right, <laughs> we dodged a bullet there. Uh, everyone who's listening. Uh, anyways, um, I don't know if you could hear that, John. Uh, so you talked about here's how love behaves. Yeah. Um, how can we control the times where we aren't feeling loving and make our emotions and actions behave? Because that's yeah. hard to do because fe- feelings does drive yeah. a lot of what we do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So way back in high school, I, I took some acting classes and I, I actually enjoyed drama quite a bit. I was, I was more of a jock, but, um, you know, played football and baseball and things like that. But, um, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed drama. I, I enjoyed that part of things and, uh, and took some acting classes and things. It's interesting because when it, there's different methods, if you will, about when it comes to acting and actually trying to embrace a character. And one of them, one of the, one of the tricks of the trade is to put yourself physically in the context of what you should be feeling. In other words, if you're, you know, to put it simply, um, if you are supposed to be happy, then you smile, right? You know, and, and even if you're not, if you say it's a, you're having a bad day, but your character, whatever you're acting, you're supposed to be happy. So you smile. And I think, um, and, and I think, I think that's kind of, we can kind of take on that same approach a little bit and, and, and put ourselves in the situation that reflects how we're supposed to feel. And then, and then, you know, pray and, and allow that, allow God to work in our hearts and our minds and, and allow those things to come. Did that answer the question? I kind of forgot the question, to be honest. Well, I think how, how do we, yeah. How do we will ourselves essentially? Yeah. yeah. Well, so, Sometimes some like you just kind of change your countenance a little bit. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think for sometimes like when I get really angry or frustrated, sometimes I'll just do something re- weird and goofy just to be like, just as opposed to, to when you're just go. Yeah. 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 I, always, I always do something weird and goofy. Yeah. yeah. But, weird, weird and goofy isn't exactly unusual for you, Johnny. Yeah. But I think it's like, <laughs> if I'm really angry sometimes, yeah, I'll just like make fun of myself. Like in a sense of like, do something really stupid or weird. Yeah. And it's just like, to change just the, knock it off. Shock the system yeah, a little knock bit. Knock it off knucklehead. You know, like, yeah. um, yeah, well, and, and, and earlier we talked about love is not just a matter of the emotion, but a matter of the will as well, right? And so there is a will side to that. And it's it's same like same thing when it comes to a lot of a lot of disciplines we might have in our life, right? If I don't feel like reading the word of God in the morning, guess what? I read it anyways, mm-hmm. right? I'm on, and I don't sometimes. I don't want to do it. I got other stuff on my mind. I got emails I gotta get to. I got uh, you know, work I've gotta I've gotta do and uh, things like that. And so I don't wanna take time to read God's word. It takes time away from my day and I want to get going, you know, and things like that. But you will yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. You do it anyways. Same with a diet or exercise or any other discipline that you might apply to your life. Um, I don't, I don't want to go practice 
piano, if you're learning piano or something like that. Well, you do it anyways, because that's part of the process. That's how you learn. Mm -hmm. Um, same way with your, with, with loving, whether it's a a brother, a sister in Christ, uh, your spouse, your children, uh, your parents, your, your, the, the society in general, there's, there's lots of things I don't, I don't want to love certain people in society because they drive me crazy. Guess what? God doesn't give me that option. Yeah. Um, and so I will it, I do it anyways. And a lot of times the emotions will follow. You know, I think, you know, it's funny, it's kind of even in my own life recently, um, I've found that tiredness affects mm-hmm. my my love, you yeah. know, uh, my patience and my kindness and all huh. those, you know, fruits of the spirit. Imagine that. And I think, yeah, and, uh, but I, I've kind of had to realize, like, usually I go to bed late and I, you know, I stay up too late. Yeah. And uh, that's because usually no one's up and I'm like, this is nice. I get to do whatever I want. It's, yeah. I get to get things done. But it's like, I've kind of realized I got to start just start going to bed a little, like start the bed process a little earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, like even like last night I went to bed a little earlier. I'm like, cause, because I'm tired, you mm-hmm. know, and then the next day I'm irritable and I'm grumpy yeah. and I, I'm not loving, you know, so I'm trying to make those changes. So yeah, like tiredness could be one. I know for, for one, like if I'm arguing with my kids or my, my wife, like touch in a good way, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like rub their shoulders or, or give them a hug really diffuses a lot of anger. Right. So yeah, yeah. And you can feel that. Um, you know, just talking about love and kind of definition of what love is, and, yeah. and you know, I think a lot of our political divide is a, is is a lot of, about how we view love in a sense, um, in the sense maybe of um, kind of like you know, I always think in my mind, like is it you know, because obviously you know, like maybe one side might say, I, mean, I don't want to get political, but um, or just maybe just divide, not even politically, but just divide in our country is, well, how does a Christian, how's Christian loving if they're denying love Mm -hmm. to a group of people, whatever it is, or, you know, how how is that loving? So it's like, basically the the definition of love is, is kind of under attack in a sense of, Mm -hmm. so how, how, how does a Christian say that? I mean, how does a Christian look and say, you, you're, you're a man and you love a man. Uh Uh-huh. Why and the Christian let, comes along and says you can't you, do that. You can't do that. Yeah. What? Why is it? Why is it so loving for the believer or the Christian to say, yeah. no, it's not. Don't do that. Right. Well, and I think that's really important, right? And I and I kind of emphasize this in the sermon on Sunday was you know even when I read the passage at least in first service I did this where I I kind of paused at this one point in that passage right in the middle of those descriptions right around verse seven in First Corinthians chapter thirteen it says love does not or does not something like I'm paraphrasing I'm not looking at it so something like uh, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing or evil but but rejoices in the truth and and I think that's super important to understand that love does not embrace um, wrong things and even wrong feelings um, our our emotions are not definitive when it comes to who we are it doesn't we aren't we are not the same as our emotions. And so we may feel love towards or attraction towards uh, somebody of the same sex. And, and we need to recognize that that is not good. That's not how we were designed. That's not what scripture teaches. It's not what God's design shows us the way things should be. So you have to believe in the design, and of course. You've got to understand it, understand it and believe in the design and, and, and understand and believe in scripture. And then you need to recognize that and rejoice in the truth. And the truth is that the most important thing about you is not your politics. It's not... It's not even who you feel romantic love towards. It's the most important thing about you is that is that you're creating the image of God and what you do with Jesus. Those two things are, are the most important things about you. Other things may 
speak to our identity in certain ways, in certain manners, in certain parts of our identity, but those are not the most important things about us. And so I think first, first and foremost, recognizing that we were created by God in the image of God and that something happened to impact us. Uh, you know, there, there is an evil in the world and, and we, you know, as Christians, we call that the fall. We talk about it as being the fall when, when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and rejected uh, what God had created. And there was a, there was a curse in Genesis chapter three that came along with that. When we understand that, then we recognize that not everything we think and feel is right and good. And so, and so we need to understand that it affects our mind and how we think it affects our heart and how we feel and, uh, and everything in between. And so, and so there are things that we will think and things that we will feel that are not glorifying and honoring to God that are not according to his design. And we need to reject those things and embrace the good things. And so rejoicing in the truth is important. So identifying what that truth is and then rejoicing in it and not rejoicing in, in what is wrong or wrong or bad or evil. And so it is not a rejection of the person's of, of a person's identity as far as they're being created in the image of God. But, but we do often draw lines in the sand from morally speaking uh, based on scripture and what God teaches. And that is not a rejection of the person, but it is a rejection of, of, of sin. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That's true for every person. We all have sin in our yeah, lives yeah. that needs to be rejected. It's not and, just, yeah, yeah. Homosexuality is not the only sin. There's know. lots of sins. Oh yeah. And that, and that's even in the church too. Like, um, you'll see people, you know, like, Hey, I, I noticed you're struggling with this. Mm-hmm. You know, basically it's pointing us back to what is the ultimate, you know, how, how can we ultimately be fulfilled in life is by understanding that we're yeah. created in the image yeah. of God, that we get to love him and we get to, to honor him mm-hmm. with everything that we are, our, our mind, our, our body, everything. Right. Right. And so when we're not doing those things, it, it is the most loving thing to continually to point us back, even if it's an awkward yeah. conversation. But I guess the problem though, is if you're not in the church, it's you a- don't see that as being important. I don't care if I'm honoring God. I don't care if that I'm creating an image, of, I don't even believe there's an image of God. I don't care yeah. about that kind of stuff. So that's what makes it hard, I think. But it, but it is not true. And I think this is a fallacy that a lot of Christians believe. Well, oh, you shouldn't expect people who are not Christians to, to behave like Christians. And there's some truth to that. But it's also true that God has put um, put his laws on our heart. And, and that and that every, every person has a sense of morality, even if it's not uh, fully in alignment with what scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of, of good and evil that every, every person has in their conscience. And it is good for society. God, what God asks, the, asks of us is good for society. And recognizing that and saying, no, we want to fight for those things, not just because we want everybody to behave like a Christian, but because we because it's good for society. And it's rubbing against your own conscience. Yeah. And so, right? and so yeah, absolutely. And we can, we can point at something somebody's doing wrong and say that's wrong. Um, and, and, and love but them well. they already well. know that. Uh, a lot of times they do. But they don't, want, they don't want to admit it, though. Not, well, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes. Okay. I think sometimes they, they'll say, yeah, it's wrong. And sometimes they'll say, no, I don't think this is wrong. I think you're crazy. Um, and But we got to love our society either way. And and so there is a sense in which we want to fight for the good of society. And and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, but we want to really do well in loving individuals and loving groups of people and things like that the best we can as well. Yeah. We, we got to do, you know, extending grace is probably a better word than, than love because love is pointing out what is evil and saying that's not right. That's a loving thing to do. But extending grace and realizing Let that every one of us needs grace yeah. in our life because yeah. we all have sin. And can I help you out in any way yeah. as you do that? Yeah, that's, yeah, so important. 
Um, you know, and I, I think even kind of as you were thinking about that or talking about that, it made me think that a lot of times just as we do point out truth, you know, in people's lives, whether it's believers lives or yeah. unbelievers lives or even our own lives. Truth, truth is not the antithesis of love, nor is it the antithesis of grace. And yeah. we need to recognize that truth is the antithesis of lies. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Antithesis. That's hard to say. Like, well, it's really hard for me right now. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I'm, got, missing a, I'm missing a front tooth. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, some, uh, I'm so going to get a mullet wig just so it well, looks the, right. Well, the truth is, John, the truth is that you had an infection and you needed to remove it. I did. I had an infection. And, and it was I a loving thing it. for the endodontist to pull that sucker out. Yeah, it wasn't an endodontist. It was a period, sort of the P, periodontist. Periodontist, per, yeah. Per, per, is that what it is? I think so, yeah. I don't know. Per, All yeah. I, they, they specialize in the, in the, the gums bone structure and, um, of the mouth. Gotcha. So anyways, it was- She went in there and yanked out my tooth. It was very tooth. loving for her, her to yank that sucker out. Then why did I want to punch her? Because sometimes tr- sometimes it hurts. <laughs> it, did, it did hurt. There's well, parts of it that hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I did think, not want to punch her, by the way. She was really great. Yeah, but I think the point, and you're probably numbed up. But anyways, I think the point of this is sometimes we need to remember that when we are confronting, mm-hmm. you know, in truth and in love and in, with grace, um, that sometimes people are going to get defensive. Yeah. And that's usually a good thing. Yeah. If we need to look at it that way, because that sh- hopefully shows that they know. There's a recognition of something's they not know. right. Yeah. And they, they don't want to admit it, you know, yeah. and they're usually, maybe they're just lost and they, they yeah. want to know the truth. And um but maybe there's they they have an awareness and that's a good thing. Yeah, and let them get a little defensive. Um, and, and yeah, don't be them. defensive yourself. Just, yeah, just that's all right. Let them let them process it. Exactly. Um, I know we're going a little bit longer today. That's okay. And I think it's because we didn't have a sermon, so let's go ahead and, and keep going. But that right? We want yeah. to give the people their egg. Their, 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 uh, the demand is high. It, it is huge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there's the what five million five people million yeah, do not listen to this podcast at least. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> John, you said something, or you said scripture, but it says uh, that that we want to be effective and productive yeah. in our knowledge of Christ. Yeah. Now, I, I still don't know if I understand, because I think, like, be effective and productive in our, you know, the, the things that we're doing for Christ or mm-hmm. in how we're loving people or mm-hmm. in our careers or, you know, our family lives, but in our knowledge. Yeah. That's, that kind of threw me off. Can you... Well, yeah, I think I think one of the things that's interesting is you you see this a lot in scripture. You see the idea of knowledge as part of the Christian tradition or part of the the biblical tradition. It's all over scripture, right? Renewing our minds. It talks a lot about knowing God, knowing Jesus, and there's because the idea is this that knowledge should produce something in us, right? When we know the right thing to do, it should produce us doing the right thing. And so I think when we know God, when we have knowledge of him, it produces a, a faith, a godliness, right? And so Second Peter chapter 1 talks about um, he, God has given us everything we need for, for the godly life, for the Christian life. And, and one of those things that we need to nurture is our knowledge of God. And when we know God, when we know his character, when we know his commands, when we know his word, that produces in us a certain kind of action or response. And so, and so when, when that action or response takes place in our lives, it, it's effective. Mm-hmm. It, our, our faith becomes uh, effective and we have a, a productive faith. And so faith is not just something we have in our closet over here. It's something that produces a way of life, a way of living, 
and and when it produces those things uh, in in an effective way, then then we're living the effective Christian life, and 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 I think that's important, you know, and that includes, I mean, you have to go back and listen to the whole sermon series, right? And just and just that all those are all the things that includes, except for the last except sermon, for the last sermon, yeah, I was gonna say that's not up. Um, I I literally thought about redoing it. Re- re-preaching it, maybe I will, Be- because I-, I thought it was a really good end to that series, and, um, you know, so anyways, I- uh, so I'm, I'm really bummed that it didn't get recorded. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, I think when you're kind of, when you're just talking about that, it almost makes it feel like um, that is important, even just like the, like if you go mar- martial arts or, or, or judo or whatever it is that you, jiu-jitsu, right? Jiu-jitsu, yeah. So is that different? Is that different than judo? Yeah. Okay. Well, I do jiu we do judo in okay, jiu-jitsu, but okay. they're different things. So in jiu-jitsu, whatever, or any martial art, you know, you're doing these, um, you want to be effective and with the, even the minor, you know, even just the learning, like the movements and such, mm-hmm. so that when you are tested in a situation, it almost becomes second nature that's, that's to some right. degree. That's right. That's kind of the same thing with our, our faith too. Yeah. We want to be constantly renewing our minds constantly mm-hmm. um, so that when we go into a situation it's fresh. It's right there. It's almost yeah. like, why, why do you memorize scripture? Like, why is that so important? Right. Because when a situation arises, you have a response you have God's to word it. At your, at your fingertips. Yeah. 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 Um, John, did you come across any resources while you're, you know, honestly, there, there are so many good resources when it, when it comes to, um, love. I mean, love is one of those things that, that Christians talk about a lot. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I came across any that I thought were specifically good, to nourish this, I would just say that um, if you're nourishing your faith in Jesus Christ, um, then you then you are, uh, you know, through scripture reading, through prayer, things like that. Those are probably the best resources. Um, but you know, just continue to nourish that. Hmm. Uh, John, what's the big idea for this week? The big I love our big idea this week. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you said it at the beginning. Biblical love is the secret sauce for the Christian life. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.